What's going on? And welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. It's Wednesday, November 6th, and the Pelicans are back home for, unfortunately, just one game as they'll head back on the road after Friday's game against the Raptors. I'm Daniel Salerson, and joining me today is Caroline Gonzalez for the first time this season. She makes her debut on the Pelicans podcast. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I mean, sheesh, you play college basketball, you win a few conference championships, you think every once in a while I'd be featured on the podcast, but I guess I haven't done enough. You uh, know, I'm not Swin Cash or anything. But <laughs> I mean, I won a rec basketball championship when I was 12, so clearly I have more experience and more knowledge of the game than you clearly. based on that championship. Did you ever win championships? Uh, Yeah, conference championships. I have four rings. They're sitting on my bedroom dresser. They have some dust on them. You just leave them out like that? Yeah. Why Heck not? Heck yeah, because it's like my only pride point. <laughs> are they very similar to NBA championship rings? Yeah, like, they are the exact same. A lot of diamonds and very heavy. Don't fit my fingers, probably because I lost a lot of weight since then. But, you know, it's fine. And you just leave them out? Yeah. Just four for diamond fan, rings. For the fans. For the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, I don't think we've ever talked about this, but before we get into things, my first impression of you, before I even knew who you were, I didn't know your name, I didn't know anything, but this was my first impression of all of the Pelicans beat writers. Um, it was a media basketball game. We had the media basketball game my second day no this my second week of working here and you know everyone's like oh she played college basketball she's gonna be great but little did anyone ask I was coming off of a three hernia no two herniated discs and uh torn or pulled lumbar muscles so I was coming off of eight months of not touching a basketball and everyone was like oh she plays college basketball she's gonna be great and that was my first time touching a basketball since playing college basketball so um, but anyway, back into my impression of you, you chucked up a three-pointer, and it was the most horrific shot <laughs> that I've ever seen in my life. But and what I happened? Was like, I was, <laughs> exactly. I was like, no chance that goes in. That was the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it went in like four times. And I was like, what is happening? But my prediction on all of the other beat writers was absolutely correct. Scott Kushner could not do a dang thing. He had the windmill arms. Fletcher was an absolute klutz. Uh, Will Guillory was pretty good, but, oh, man, my first impression of you was just terrible. <laughs> so you judged me on my appearance, on Absolutely. how I could play the game of basketball. You know, in Along Came Polly, when he's like, let it rain, and he, yeah. like, has a shot behind his head? That is your shot, and it is hilarious. Okay, my shot is from the side, by the way. <laughs> it is really ugly, and I will admit that. Worse but if you ask anyone, a decent amount of them go in. Yeah, they really do, and that's impressive. It's impressive. It's one of those where – my teammates see me shooting. They go, no, 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 no. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah, it's like Sean Marion. It's like, what are you doing? Okay, it went in. <laughs> okay, so fair enough. I'm glad that uh, you thought that I was going to be a terrible basketball player, yeah. and I turned out to be a mediocre basketball player. And now you're so. my boss, so I have to say nice things. I was about to say, I was like, you got to be <laughs> careful where you're going with this. Just from this mic can be cut off very easily. <laughs> but Caroline will be on a lot throughout the season, of course, with her duties with the Saints and that podcast, you know, trying to find the balance there, making sure that, you know, she has some time to, to focus in on the New Orleans Saints. But, of course, you hear her on the radio for the Pelicans. She is the studio host during away games and sideline reporter during home games. And also she hosts a pregame show on Pelavision during those home games. So if you see her up there, make sure you say hello. But, Caroline, obviously you're in studio for these two away games. And, unfortunately, just not how the Pelicans predicted this road trip would go. And I think there are very similar in ways as far as the starts to these games. And after that, you play catch up and unfortunately too little too late. I think it's just low energy. And, and you know, a lot of times when we would have low energy, from what I remember in college, it's just, 
you have to have someone who can come in and pick you up and who's going to be that obnoxious person, even though you are tired and you don't want to be there that says, Hey guys, let's go. And it's just super obnoxious and it's clapping at every second, kind of like Joe Boylan is for as a coach, but you need a player who's going to do that and be that annoying person to kind of light a fire under everyone and say, Hey, like, we all need to be excited to be here. I'm going to be annoying, but like you guys, we have to have some energy and we have to bring it. You have to have that in shoot around. You have to have that pregame. You have to have that in practice. You just need that spark of energy on your team. And right now they just don't have that. And I think that they're finding their energy is low in the beginning of, of games. And I think it's just carrying throughout the entire game, unfortunately. And I think that will come with chemistry and yes. them getting a feel for one another. Cause I think it's still just more of a trying to, I guess, scan things out from an execution standpoint. But I think once that gets going, I think that's where you'll see them be a little bit more comfortable playing. That's not the end-all, be-all excuse, but it's just more of a, you know, you have nine new guys that think it's not going to just click like that overnight. And even with practices, it's so much different during a game because during practice you're working on stuff that you're already familiar with as far as drills and things like that. But when you get to a game, Mm -hmm. you have an opponent that doesn't know what you're doing or has scattered out what you all are doing. And so it's just more of a, kind of turning things over from practice into into a game and I, I think there are a lot of components that add to that and you know it's it's the beginning of the season and I know people have heard it a, a lot you know it's going to take time and like Antonio Daniels said on Monday it's it, fans don't want to hear that but it's going to take time and you have a lot of factors you have a lot of young guys and NBA speed is different than college speed. You're going against a Russell Westbrook. You're going against a Kyrie Irving. And there is no one like that in college. It doesn't matter how good they are. There is just no one who is going to compare to these elite players um, at that level. And you have a lot faster players in general. So uh, moving on defense, getting to your positions earlier, getting to your spots, closing out, that is all different and it is a different speed. So these young guys are still adjusting to that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you have just everyone's chemistry that's still adjusting. And then you have Brandon Ingram, who's willing to put the team on his back offensively, but defensively, who's going to step up and do that? So as Christian uh, will talk about later in the podcast, uh, I think I think defense is something that the Pelicans are struggling with right now, but it's going to take time. And, and like you said, it's, it's not something that fans want to hear, but it's going to take time. And you're unfortunately injury-plagued right now, um, and that's not an excuse, but – that's that's just the case and I, I think it's still going to be good basketball and I think the Pelicans desperately need to get a W under them but it's again going to take time and he mentioned Christian Christian Clark will join us in just a few moments he is a new beat writer for uh, NOLA.com Times Picayune and Advocate he joins us from Denver Colorado he made the move just a few days ago and he'll be starting to cover practice with today's leading at the Friday's game against Toronto Raptors and there is something in common with between Christian and Caroline because Caroline knows everyone under the sun that you all both went to high school together. Never, yeah, never met a stranger. Uh, I unfortunately have my dad's gene when it comes to that. My parents networked a lot when I was younger, and so that taught me to speak to literally everyone I come in contact with. So, uh, yeah, we went to high school together, and he doesn't really, I don't think, remember much about me. I mean, we saw each other and stuff like that, but I went to a high school with, I think, 500 kids uh, in my graduating class alone. So it was a lot of people at that school. We'd both played basketball, so we remember each other, but uh, we kind of ran in different crowds I was nerdy he was uh, nerdy but he was older than me so uh, yeah but happy to have Christian here it's not too often that you have someone that <clears throat> you're excited about going and experiencing 
it's not too often that you have someone that you're willing to spend time with that you went to high school with because I hated myself in high school. So. Wow. <laughs> Just being honest here. All right. And on that note, joining us now is Christian Clark. As I mentioned, he is a new beat writer covering the Pelicans for the Times Picayune and Advocate. And Christian comes to us from Denver, Colorado. Uh, Christian, you told me before we started this podcast that it was an 18-hour drive within two days, so I'm glad you survived a, a daunting road trip there all by yourself. Yeah, I actually uh, left Denver. It was uh, mid-snowstorm. It was 8 degrees when I left, so I was pretty happy to get out of there. Golly. And now you're enjoying 75-degree weather. It's not supposed to last, <laughs> but um, how how many times have you been to New Orleans? Is this your first time here? As far as you probably maybe have visited, but... As far as uh, I know, you're here now for good, but how many times have you been to the Crescent City? Yeah, I had, a, I had a, come here a couple of times. Uh, my, my parents live in the Dallas Worth area, and uh, they used to come here all the time, especially before they had kids. And they, uh, they took me and my sister here a couple of times. I've been here like one time as, as an adult drinking age. I think I was like 21 or 22, so I got you know, a little a little taste of, like, the nightlife scene and all that. But, um, yeah, I had a little familiarity, and, you know, it's funny – uh, me and my girlfriend had always talked about like, well, if we could ever do New Orleans, we'd definitely live there. I mean, it was it was on the the list of desirable cities. So when a chance came up, I was like, yep, I'll do that. <laughs> and here you are. We're gonna get to that in in just a few moments. But since you said Dallas Fort Worth area, I figured I'd have to bring in my co-host here, Caroline Gonzalez, who, ironically, you two went to high school together. So um, I'm expecting at least a, one embarrassing story, <laughs> if not just more of an overview of. <laughs> Um, your overall thoughts on Caroline here? Well, I think it's, first of all, it's kind of cruel to make people relive high school, you know? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's very cool, you know? I'm just kidding, man. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we went to just uh, a high school in the Dallas-Fort Worth Burbs. There's like 10 million of them. I don't know exactly. if I had that unique of experience. <laughs> It's so hard to explain kind of like where we came from because DFW is such a big metroplex. And when you came here, when I came here for college, it's like everybody knows everybody. And in Dallas, like you can go 10 minutes up the road and you're not going to know anybody that is from your part of town. It's it's kind of crazy how small it is here and how uh, how big of a city in high school that we went to. Because looking back, I mean, Colleyville Heritage High School was just it was basically like a college uh, compared to the high schools that are that are here in New Orleans. Yeah, it's kind of funny too. I think our high school was built in like 1998 or something. Yeah. Like the oldest building in the area we come from is like probably a strip mall from the 70s. You know, there's not uh, <laughs> a lot of like uh, you know culture there or anything like that. At least in, up there in the burbs and all that. So right, nice so, to have some of that here. So Christian graduated in two years ahead of me, I won't reveal your age, but he graduated two years ahead of me. Um, and then, so he played men's basketball for our, our men's basketball team. And then I played women's basketball. And in high school, I was uh, a bit of a tomboy. I would definitely say, I think I wore like bootcut jeans and sneakers every day. Um, and my hair in a bun every day. And so, uh, you know, I've grown a little bit since then. So thank, thank God I matured. But I, I remember Christian's little sister, uh, because she was just smiling all the time. She was just the cutest little nugget ever and she was just smiling all the time and I remember she played basketball so uh, I remember Christian and, and your sister pretty well oh that's nice of you to say I like that word nugget I yeah think <laughs> See, she was a little nugget she had like her cute little curly hair she had her, her kind of like look figured out so uh, that's pretty much all I remember about you Christian and, and you playing you played for uh, coach Gober right he was he was the coach there when you were there right 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I had a a very good high school coach and um yeah uh, a very a very old school high school coach you know he's kind of like a, a Texas high school football legend yeah. um he, I think he played like safety or something and yeah it was uh you know there were two guys on my team who went on to military academies and both of those guys told me that playing high school basketball there was a pretty good introduction to that <laughs> yeah and Colville Heritage was a great introduction to playing college college basketball because of the time commitment I think coach Sager and coach Gober my my high school coach and your high school coach took it both very very seriously you know you have some high school programs who just kind of like slack off but they took it very seriously in fact uh, when you work for the Pelicans you also work for the Saints in most cases, and people will talk about Sean Payton and how one summer he was on a P90X program and he gained like a bunch of weight and was just like super yoked. And every time someone brings up P90X, I think of Coach Gober because I remember one year he just got super jacked and he was just doing P90X every single day. Well, he made us do it too. Like we would be in the season practicing for like three hours every afternoon, and like one or two days a week, we have to get up like six a.m. and go before school and do like a P90X like yoga or ab workout or something. So it was uh, it was pretty intense. But Caroline was a lot better at basketball than me. I was just like a lowly backup or something like that. Caroline was was a real player. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. We were we were both pretty good. But uh, it's funny. You don't expect, when I moved here, I didn't expect to know anyone or run into anyone ever again from high school. And it's funny now that, uh, you know, on Saturday, my dad texted me that he met your mom. And it was just kind of one of those things that my dad tends to reach out to a million people and give out my contact information. I'm like, okay, please stop. But uh, I'm happy that you are coming to the Pelicans and uh, and coming to New Orleans. So uh, this is a good high school friend that is coming to the area. I'm glad it's not uh, one of the people who were weird <laughs> well, I was a little bit weird <laughs> that's okay we're all a little bit weird Christian um so what I got out of that is there's no really good stories from that that yeah, I'm no. a little disappointed but that's okay because uh, we don't want to relive high I don't school throw, I don't throw Coach Gober under the bus you know yeah, yeah right it's perfectly okay he's my guy so I can't throw him under the bus <laughs> you just got here you can't get in trouble on the on the first yeah, appearance right. on the Pelicans podcast but um Christian you mentioned we talked about the drive from Denver, and you talked about the opportunity to take this job. So if you can, just give me a little bit of a summary, or give us a little bit of a summary of um, why this opportunity, what what made you say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna make the move to New Orleans? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I went to school to, to do sports writing. I went to the University of Missouri and, and got a journalism degree. Um, and, you know, I right at the end of school, I um, I think I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do. I wanted to, to report on the NBA. I mean, I always loved basketball. Um, kind of got hooked on those Mavs teams growing up in the Dallas Wars area. Um, you know, Don Nelson was like this mad scientist guy. And I, I think, like, if you're talking about positionless basketball, you really can, can trace a lot of that back to, like, those early 2000s Mavs teams. And, and the way the game looks now, is, I think, has a lot to do with them. Um, so I got hooked on the NBA at a pretty early age. Um, I got us to Denver. That was my first full-time sports writing job. Um, I started reporting on the Nuggets for a website called Denverite. Um, and the goal was always to do kind of NBA beat reporting. Um, I started working for another online-only outlet there called uh, BSN Denver. And so I was around the Nuggets for, for three seasons as a credentialed media member. And those are three really fun seasons. So like when – when I first started, you know, going to Nuggets games, reporting on the team in 2016, 17, 
nobody was coming out. Like, nobody's excited about Nuggets basketball. And then Nikola Jokic kind of took over, and, and it got really exciting real fast. How similar is this situation compared to the Nuggets in the sense that I brought this comparison up when the Pelicans played the Nuggets um, last Thursday night that, you know, I think the, the Nuggets are in year three or four of the, you know, continuity with a lot of these guys playing with each other. Jamal Murray's grown up a little bit. You've seen the emergence of Nikola Jokic. Or did you feel like when you took this position that you were maybe at the beginning of uh, the same venture with the New Orleans Pelicans? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, that, it's funny, when I applied for this job, that's what I, I wrote my cover letter on. There's there's a lot of similarities. You know, these are, I would say Denver's more of a medium-sized media market. This is a, a small media market. But, yeah, you know, these are teams that aren't, aren't playing in the huge media markets. It's going to be really hard for them to, to get marquee free agents. So they're going to have to build organically. Like, they're going to have to draft really well and, and develop their own players and and even, you know, hit on guys in the mid to later rounds. I mean, that's been the Nuggets' recipe for success. Jokic was the 41st overall pick, um, and, you know, they hit on guys like Jamal Murray at seven. You know, Jokic was Denver's big break. Like, it almost never happens where you get a franchise player in the second round, and obviously Zion was the Pelicans' big break. That's, that's kind of how I look at it. Um, and, you know, he's a number one, clear-cut number one pick, but I think he had 6% odds of landing there, yep. so... I think, I mean, everything the Pelicans did this summer, I think, were the right moves. I mean, I think David Griffin is one of the better executives in basketball. Um, I mean, all, all the moves on the margins seem pretty smart to me. Um, it seems like Gil Billington is really willing to invest. So I think there's a real a pathway to, you know, having success and making that sustainable here if they, they continue to do the right things. So you're meaning to tell me that you took this job knowing that you'd have to work with Scott Kushner? Because I want to make sure I get that on the record. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been texting Scott a, a little bit. Um, one of the other beat writers, I won't say who, I think described him as uh, a 56-year-old in like a 35-year-old man's body. Very, very accurate. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Good deal. Um, before I let you go here, let's kind of talk about the Pelicans a little bit. I know it's not Pelicans have not gone off to a great start. Um, they had the promising win against the Nuggets, but lost both on this road trip with the Thunder and the Nets. Um, I know you were tweeting about the game the other night against Brooklyn, and I don't know how much you've watched them uh, since taking this job or how that lined up, but um, what, have, what have you kind of seen from this team with the slow start? Is there anything that you can point out as, in your opinion, or what you've noticed that why maybe they haven't gone off to the best start? We know injuries have played a factor, but maybe – on the court, what's kind of uh, been struggling for them? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's the defense. Uh, they're, you know, second to last in the NBA in defensive efficiency right now. Only the Warriors are, are worse. I mean, they, they've pretty much been bad in, in every area there. They're allowing a ton of shots at the rim, a ton of shots from three. You know, you, you'd like to see them try to try to make guys live in the, the mid-range zone a little bit more. Um, I know there are a lot of new pieces. I know you know, they've dealt with a lot of injuries, and that's tough. But, I mean, they've been competitive in, in you know, all but one of the games so far. So, uh, you know, they're in it. And you like what you see on offense a lot, but they just got to be, I mean, a little bit closer to, to average if they're going to be competitive and, and turn this thing around on the defensive end. You mentioned the offensive end really not being a problem, and we can see that based on how many points they've been putting up per game. 
And I think a big reason for that is Brandon Ingram. And we knew the type of player that the Pelicans were getting in Brandon Ingram um, just based on some of the spurts he had last year. But I don't know if really anyone expected, maybe besides Brandon and some of the players and staff in our locker room, that he would get off to such a great star. What have you noticed from Brandon in his new role here with the Pelicans? Yeah, he's been freaking awesome. I mean, that was that was so fun to watch what he did against Brooklyn the other night. Um, I mean, already uh, going for 30-plus two times. What I think he did that, you know, went for 30 only three times as a Laker. Yeah. I'd have to look that up. But, uh, I mean, you know, some of those mid-range shots, uh, I think Bill Simmons said looked KD-ish. Uh, the other night against Brooklyn, and I would agree, I was getting some Kevin Durant vibes, and, you know, I, I think it's, you shouldn't, it's dangerous to compare, you know, Ingram or put that yeah. expectation on him, like comparing him to an all-time great or right. anything, but, yeah, you know, he's a very tall guy, he's got a nice touch from mid-range, and, you know, he's taking and making threes like never before, and I think that's one of the keys, really, for him, is that opens a lot of things up. I mean, we know he likes to drive the basketball and can handle the, the ball really well for a guy his size, so... If guys are forced to, to sit on his outside shot, which I think they have so far, then that's really going to open up some lanes for him. Well, Christian, I know you have a lot to do, and since you just moved here, I'm sure there's a ton of things you have to get settled in, and I know you'll be at practice uh, today and tomorrow and leading up to Friday's game against the Raptors. So I wanted to let you go, but I also wanted to bring you on just for fans to get to know you a little bit. Um, how can folks follow you on Twitter for all of your insight and all your uh, article links? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at tclark3000. Um, you can follow me there. Read me on NOLA.com. Um, my work will appear in print at The Advocate and Times Take You. Um, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I'm, I'm so excited to be in New Orleans. I think this is one of the greatest cities in America, and I'm excited to watch this, uh, this era of Pelicans basketball. It's exciting times around here. And we look forward to uh, reading your work. We appreciate it, Christian, and we'll talk to you at practice. All right, guys. Have a good one. Good stuff there from Christian. What did I learn about today? Well, I learned that Caroline thinks I have an ugly <laughs> shot in basketball, which is very accurate, but nice to hear it in person from someone. <laughs> and also a little disappointed that there were no good, juicy stories from Caroline's days in high school. From Christian, I know you all were in separate grades, but I thought there may be like a first impression. Just like you, you talked about having a impre first impression of me. I thought maybe there'd be like, oh, a first impression of Caroline. Okay, you want an embarrassing story? I'll tell you an embarrassing story. And I'm not ashamed of this because I've told enough people to where I've gotten over it. So uh, first kiss in high school, I'll tell that story. What? <laughs> That is, this was not part of the script. <laughs> All right. It's really funny. So uh, it might not be, you know, appropriate, but it's pretty funny. So uh, I start going out with this guy and he's like, hey, let's meet up at the movies. And, you know, typical high school date, you meet up at the movies. So we get there early and we go into another theater where his friends are. He makes me sit two rows behind him. And he Your goes, and, yes, he goes and sits with his friends. So I'm sitting two rows behind him. What a prince. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a movie that we're not supposed to see yet. We were supposed to go see Avatar. So uh, anyway, that movie ends. So we go into our theater and we're watching the previews and we're just hanging out and I'm super nervous and I've waited for this all day and I haven't had my first kiss yet. So I'm like, oh my God, what if it happens tonight? And um, all of a sudden he turns to me and he goes, hey, my ride is here previews are still going on and I was like uh okay and he was like but can I get a kiss before I go so I gave him a kiss and that was my first kiss and then he left me in the movie theater to watch Avatar for three it's a long movie for three hours by myself wow so that is your embarrassing <laughs> high school story 
And it wasn't Christian. <laughs> no, it wasn't Christian. It wasn't Christian. That would be really funny if it was. Uh, but no, it was not. It was not Christian. So that was my embarrassing high school story. I was super dorky. wasn't really like familiar with who I was yet. So I was a tomboy. Like I said, I wore bootcut jeans with sneakers and had my hair tied up in a bun literally every day because I didn't know what my hair looked like at this time. I didn't know it was like nice and curly. So. I was a nerd and uh, Christian was pretty dorky too. So unfortunately we didn't run in the same circle, but uh, we both played basketball and that's all I got for you from high school uh, embarrassing stories. I'm sure I could come up with many more, but uh, well, we should make this a regular <laughs> thing here on the Pelicans podcast, at least maybe once a week or once a month or yeah. every day we can have another Caroline embarrassing story. I mean, I can, I can share a few as well, Yeah, um, but we're not going to go there today, <laughs> but I was very, I had glasses in high school, as you can probably now picture, and I was short. I'm still in five foot nine. It's not like I'm, you know, six foot or statuesque. anything. Statuesque. I'm not statuesque. Um, but you could tell I was just that kid that carried all his books, and, you know, I was just ready to get shoved in the locker at any point. Yeah. That was still a thing, but no one really did that in high school. Um, I kind of hung in between. You know, it wasn't with the cool kids. Right. You know, it wasn't with, you know, the not-so-popular kids. I was kind of in the middle. Um it worked. It was yeah, all right. Whatever. Uh, like I said, if if anyone that was going to be coming here from uh, my high school, I would yeah. I would prefer it to be someone that didn't really know me that well. <laughs> and look at us now, haters. Yep. <laughs> Big thanks to Christian Clark for coming on again on Friday's show. Um, still trying to figure out what we're going to do. We may have a special guest coming on. I don't want to jinx it, so we'll wait to do that as we'll get ready for Pelicans and Raptors. Um, but then, of course, during these t- couple days, there's full coverage on Pelicans.com. Also on the radio tomorrow, Pelicans Weekly at 6 o'clock. Todd Graffinini will be your host, and we'll have all things Pelicans for you. I think, Caroline, you're going to talk some shoes with potentially Frank Jackson? Yeah, I hope so. I uh, did some research and development this week. I went to Sneaker Politics, which is a pretty popular place, uh, I guess, in New Orleans, and got a couple pairs of shoes. Uh, I used to be really into shoes when my parents were buying them, but now that I have to buy things by myself, uh, I haven't really, that's kind of fallen by the wayside, but now I'm kind of slowly starting to get into it because you see more and more female reporters getting into like shoe game and stuff like that. So uh, I kind of went out of my comfort zone this weekend and and did that or this week and did that and uh, got some nice shoes that I like. So I want to talk to Frank Jackson about it because he really likes the specific store. So uh, hopefully do the shoe game justice we must be paying you real nice here if you're going there and buying multiple pairs of shoes i got a discount i got i got a discount wow okay i, I got the nice that. smile discount <laughs> like that anchorman i don't believe you i'm pointing at you right now all right that'll do it for us here no more embarrassing stories or high school stories to tell but we'll talk to you on friday the show is presented by seat geek of course best of all our listeners who are listening to this podcast will get 20 dollars off their first purchase when they use the seat geek app use the code gopels all one word all capitalized at checkout SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. Until Friday, for Caroline, I'm Daniel. Enjoy the day, everyone.